Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. You are listening to an encore presentation of Afternoons with Bill Arnold. Faith, hope, and clarity in a special repeat performance. And a warm welcome to the afternoon show. I'm Bill Arnold, and last week I sort of featured a mental health week, and it was uh, very well received. A lot of people responded, and they had additional questions and concerns, and I was able to extend it one more day uh, with uh, Dr. Marcus Bachman. He's the founder and president of CounselingCare.us, a regular guest on the show. Always makes me smile. Hello, Marcus. Hi, Bill. Good to see you. Yeah, Hi, thank Rosie. you. So I just want listeners to know the text line is open as we continue talking about mental health issues and emotional struggles and any sort of issue you might have that you would like to address with Dr. Bachman, 877-933-2484. Over the weekend, Marcus, uh, one comment came in and question about uh, the trauma that you have in your lifetime. Is it makes sense that um, the more trauma you have, the more difficult it will be for you to have healthy relationships with other people. Whoa. Okay. Yeah, I'm starting off. (laughs) (laughs) May may I say before I start answering that, first of all, Bill, for you to um, have the courage and the um, uh, wisdom to say we are going to have Mental Health Week uh, last week, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it wasn't that long that 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 long ago that churches really were hesitant to even consider mental health topics. Wow. I mean, the fact is, if you have enough faith, if you memorize enough scripture, if you have uh, a strength from Christ within you, which all of that is true, all of that is true. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that we're addressing the mental health issues that are happening all around us. We can speak to it. We can discuss it in a way that gives meaning and and understanding and hope and the ability to get through it. So um, you're kind of, uh, you uh, decided, you know, we're going to go ahead and talk about these issues. So that first question, Th- I want to say actually what I was trying to do there is say thank you. Bill, for doing that. Well, I appreciate you saying that, uh, Marcus, but when you deal with trauma in your life, uh, do you get to a point where if you don't process it well, you're going to end up having uh, difficulty having healthy relationships? Absolutely. Okay. It, it, it will permeate uh, any marital relationship, any sibling relationship. You are going to be skewed in your perspective of what you think reality is because that which happened to you affected your sense of being, your sense of how you look at life. I I, I know people that um, have been hurt and damaged uh, by one traumatic event, which is certainly strong enough to change your life. But if you've had several traumatic events or trauma upon trauma upon trauma, mm-hmm. let's just say that there has been abuse that's happened. You see, God designed us 
so that we can trust each other, so that we can have relationship with each other. And when the most significant, close parent relationship, let's say, or a marital relationship that we've put our trust in or someone that we believe that we're going to spend the rest of our life with, that has become cut off. That's been... uh, a disloyal situation, that's been a damaging situation for us, it will affect how we relate to future relationships. So one of the other additional questions was, how can I process this trauma from my childhood and do it on my own if I'm limited in my resources? Everyone is limited in their resources. And I think we need to think in terms of, yes, I, I, I appreciate this this person saying, uh, what can I do? Because that's a good question. Um, the fact is, there are always something that you can do. Uh, I have said this dozens of times before. You don't have to see a professional counselor for all issues. Mm-hmm. Although professional Christian counseling has a real place. And often you'll find a a Christian counseling agency that has a sliding fee scale. Mm -hmm. Uh, For those that have medical assistance, that is a form of insurance that can be used. But let's go beyond all of that and say um, that professional Christian counseling is not available. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are churches that have ministries with lay counseling. Mm -hmm. There are individuals that are skilled uh, to uh, assist in um, prayerful counseling. Mm-hmm. And I think there are mentors and people that um, she does need um, to process the trauma. There are groups that are accountability, encouragement, support groups. I mean, the list goes on and on and on of some things that uh, a person can do. There are tr- are are Per, perfect kind of um, situations where a person will say, okay, I've been traumatized by this, and there is a book that I can read that will start me off with some healing. Mm-hmm. There's some assignments at the end of the chapter that ask me, so what and how can I be held accountable? There's a lot of um, uh, decisions that a person can make for their healing process. And I would never minimize the fact that a really good friend who will be honest and direct and hold us accountable will be essential for us in our healing process. Mm-hmm. Dr. Marcus, did, did, did I say way too much? I mean, that was a no, lot of no, it paragraphs was a, it there. Was, it, was a, it was a good opening monologue and I enjoyed it. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think of the, the friends that lowered the paralytic through the roof to be yes. in front of Jesus. And I think what we don't talk about enough is the courage of the man on the mat mm. who said, would you guys do this? I, I want to go down through the roof <laughs> and be in front of Jesus. That takes courage That's to say, a lot of faith. Yes. Would you help me? Yes. So, yes. And, 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 uh, you know, obviously there was a belief that this was going to cure. I think we need to balance all of that off with, first of all, if Jesus wants to heal me immediately, uh, right on the spot, I raise my hand and say, thank you, Lord. Amen. I I always, at the end of a 
At, at the end of a church service, when they say, is there anyone here that has a, a need for prayer? That person can come up week after week after week after week. That's really what, 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 a, what a person of faith and courage to do that. But I also think that there are other avenues that often we find that, especially when it comes to trauma, this is layered um, assaults. This is layered uh, hurt that is in our life. And we have to slowly, carefully unpeel that. And so let's be about healing and let's have some ownership in the process so that we will go forward for prayer. We will read specific uh, books that will be um, gearing itself toward my healing from trauma. I will seek out a good friend that will hold me accountable. I will go to that support group and I will see, is there a way that I can see someone Mm -hmm. on a sliding fee scale or use if I have medical assistance or whatever means I have. Mm -hmm. Churches often will do this. They will give to um, those that are regular attenders. They'll pay for some sessions. There's a lot of avenues that are out there. Seek and you will find. I like it. Dr. Marcus Bachman is my guest. If you have a, a question, after we discussed a lot of mental health issues last week, I wanted to continue our discussion and do it uh, one more day. And Dr. Marcus Bachman is my guest. You can learn more about him at uh, counselingcare.us. Marcus, this question that just came in, and I I find it interesting, and this is no judgment whatsoever, but the way that the question was, is being addressed, I find interesting. And you may as well. The question is, is it better to uh, dredge up repressed memories of childhood sexual abuse or does the Holy Spirit heal those memories? Well, the Holy Spirit is definitely uh, desirous to heal those memories. Uh, re- repressed memories um, are important for us to understand. There's a reason why uh, they are in our uh, thought process. They're in our memory. And they need to be brought up, I think, very carefully I think that um, there's some real danger in uh, regurgitation over and over, for instance, of an abuse uh, picture or thoughts, a memory of having that without someone's gentle hand next to them. Uh, They need to make sure that they are thinking it through historically correctly. They need to make sure that they have someone in the hand Uh, alongside of them that will say, and Jesus is with you here and now, Mm -hmm. here and now to heal. So I think that it's really important that that person, um, I, 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 again, I will say this, thank you for that person being willing and courageously willing to say, I need some help. Uh, This isn't okay. I'm not going to pretend it didn't happen. I'm going to actually allow the Holy Spirit through the guidance of a qualified counselor to to walk me through. Mm. And it is, it's it's exciting. I, I, I'll just say this very simply. Um, I'm, I'm not looking for business. I truly am 
wherever that person can go. And in the case of, of what we see at our clinic is people who come with a heaviness, a sadness, an agitation, an anger, a depression. And then you see them several weeks. They are greeting the front, front uh, staff, um, support staff, with a smile. Mm. How are you? And Lovely. it's almost like you're seeing within just a, a short period of time people's faces change. Mm-hmm. That's good news. Well, they start to unload some of these things they've been carrying for a long, long time. Yes. And you, and you do know, I will say this, I'm sure uh, from Mental Health Week this came up, is that as long as we keep uh, our sin, our trauma, our hurt, our confusion, our sense that I'm not okay as a person, as long as we keep that in darkness and not speak, mm-hmm. that's... That's the most detrimental thing a person can do. Mm -hmm. What sort of made me sad when I read this comment from this listener is the language. Is it better to drudge up? And when I read the word drudge up, I thought, well, it sounds like a very scary, daunting event. So that made me sad thinking, oh, I know what's the burden that that you're dealing with. So the answer is yes. Oh, of course. You know, in the hands of a skillful counselor, it might give... Incredible freedom. Hmm? Yeah. All right. But again, if I can say this, Bill, bringing it up without uh, assistance, uh, this is where people become re-traumatized over and over again. They they not only dream it, Mm -hmm. they think it, they review it, they say to themselves horrible messages. That was trauma. That's a bad thing that happened. I'm a bad person. There's something wrong with me, and I will not. I mean, the the list kind of goes on and on of how the enemy uses that trauma. So we need to be very careful of when we bring it up, which we need to mm-hmm. in the in the in the right hands. All right, let's take a little break. We're continuing our mental health week with Dr. Marcus Bachman. If you have a question or a concern, let me know what it is. Eight seven seven nine. Three, three, two, four, eight, four. Dancing in the night. You are listening to an encore presentation of Afternoons with Bill Arnold. Faith, hope, and clarity in a special repeat performance. Dr. Marcus Bachman is the uh, founder and president of CounselingCare.us, CounselingCare.us. All right, Marcus, you know, when I threw it out there and said whatever questions you may have regarding mental health, this one came in, so let me address this. Question is, seasonal affective disorder. What can a person do to relieve it? I take vitamin D and use one of those lamps for 10 to 20 minutes daily. Is there any other ideas that you can come up with? Well, first of all, the lamps and the vitamin D is a wonderful idea. Um, Let's make sure that it works. If it doesn't work, I wouldn't be spending too much money or too much time on something that doesn't work. Uh, Sometimes uh, uh, I, you know, for people who can't afford to uh, go for a couple weeks to Mexico, Florida, (laughs) Texas, um, 
it, uh, and, and, and I think that's, by the way, that's a wise idea for people to do some savings so that they can, if they're truly affected by seasonal affective disorder, to put that into their budget, if mm-hmm. at all possible. If they can. Yes, if they can. But if they can't, you know, uh, the Arboretum at the, in St. Paul is a wonderful place to take some time and just sit among greenery and a glassed-in area. Um, if they have a, a, a place where they have more windows, it's good to do that. Um, they will always say... The, the professionals of seasonal affective disorder get exercise, watch what you eat, keep moving. And, uh, you know, I think I think we have to be also careful that there there's kind of this uh, comfort level here in Minnesota to talk about how terribly cold. It is. I started the show that way, Marcus, so be careful. <laughs> I was complaining as I was walking my, my garbage out at 7 o'clock this morning. It was 8 below. You're the only one that was doing that this morning. So, you know, it kind of breeds <laughs> some some negativity. Listen. <laughs> that was my whole point. We can... <laughs> was to be negative. <laughs> I'm talking about. I hate when I have to explain stuff to you. <laughs> You know, it seems like as a therapist here, Bill, maybe there's something more going on for you. Reversal. But okay, I'm not sure. here we go. No, no. But what I'm trying to say is, is we need to, like anything else, you know, I, I talked to a, a guy in counseling this morning, and he, he just was sharing on the other side of this, what's he do to combat winter, seasonal affective disorder? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't do it this way, but he does it. Everything from snowshoeing to skiing to ice fishing. Ice fishing to me is not a way to combat seasonal. I would just be so. See, here I go complaining now about yeah, here how you cold go, it is. Mr. Negative. Yeah. <laughs> but what I'm trying to say with all that. <laughs> now, work with me, Bill. Work uh, I'm with trying. Me. I'm trying. Okay. Is we need to be careful of not complaining so much about Minnesota. There has to be in our mindset, in our hearts, an acceptance. I agree. Why do we live here? We love Minnesota. I agree. What what, what are we going to do about this? Well, we can do some things about this. And whether, again, that's, that's, you know, going to the Arboretum or going, uh, you know, uh, living in a place that has a few more windows, Mm -hmm. gravitating toward that, let me at least not do my quiet time in the dark except for one light bulb. Uh, this is probably the third time I've mentioned this, so it must have left an impact on me. But, Rosie, you'll probably concur when we had um, Marcus Rickson on uh, from One Child. He mm-hmm. is this very bright, intelligent adult now with kids of his own. But he grew up in, in, in Calcutta, India, in a 12 by 8 living space with his uh, mom, dad, and sister. And there's no air conditioning. There's no running water. There's no nothing in this little space. And there's no... There's 130 degree heat during the day and 100 at night. And he just said, I would just say to myself, it's not that hot. <laughs> what an attitude. I'm not that hot. <laughs> what I, a perspective. Yeah. And he said right. it, worked. <laughs> it worked. And it did work. I mean, the joy in his life and in Completely. his continents. That, that you can't oh, manufacture that. That's a beautiful thing. Always when we were involved in the ministries of missions at, at, to Haiti, to see these people that were so happy. And I'm thinking... What do they have? Dirt floors? I know. Hardly understanding where the next meal is. Thankful that we brought the water truck to them. 
and polite and smiling faces. I mean, it put most of us to shame to think, and what do we complain about when, when, when we have to wait uh, seven or eight seconds for something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, Dr. Mark Spockman, here's another question. How do you view the current culture of self-care in light of the biblical notion of dying to yourself? Do you think there's a balance? Oh, I like that question. I do, too. That's terrific. Um, well, first and foremost, I think that there is a, a um, necessity for self-care. I think the person who gives too much, works too hard, is out of balance and doesn't uh, allow themselves to be equipped in order to give. If I'm too weak, if I'm sick, if I'm so tired, if I become uh, having an attitude of I, I don't, you know, want to do this anymore, uh, that's not really very Christian. That doesn't really build me up spiritually. And I think at the same time, yes, absolutely do we need to die to ourselves and rid ourselves of all the idols and all the uh, sinful uh, desires of our life? Yes, that's true also. But both, you know, Jesus did go off to pray. Do we call that self-care? I I don't think the uh, uh, the Bible used the word self-care. The Bible didn't use a lot of words. But with the concept of caring for oneself, because we are loved by God, we are to love each other, and we are to encourage each other. When I have a friend that has overdone it, has overworked, hasn't had enough rest, and and uh, struggles with having fun, mm-hmm. I'm going to encourage that friend to do some self-care. I, I think that's as as Christian as anything else. Mm-hmm. I hope I put balance in that as I answer that question, because I do want to say sometimes we are so full of ourselves and we're so careful and we say no too often. Uh, it is as biblical and Christian to say yes as it is to say no, but both have a place. Mm-hmm. in our lives. Mm, yeah. Sometimes I wonder if people have a a default as no or a default as yes. Yes. I mean, seriously. <laughs> That's so true. A lot of people, That's a good way to put it. A lot of people have a no default. Yeah. 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 Oh, oh. They yeah. might even start with no. No. <laughs> but then you might give them a little bit of a chance to think about it over dialogue and they go, okay, well, well maybe I'll do that. My mother had a default toward no. And so I <laughs> I just knew as a kid and as an adult, uh, clearly as an adult, okay, mom, I know you're, and I I wasn't always the best at approaching this. I'd say, okay, mom, I know you're going to say no. <laughs> you would start it that way. Oh, I did. I yeah. did. So that had to put her at another angle. Oh, so. Maybe I shouldn't say no then. Uh, reverse and, psychology. Uh, yeah, right, yeah. right. And so, uh, or she would just say no, and then I would just say, well, let's talk about it. And by the time we're done talking about it, it was a maybe or a yes. Yeah. All right, we'll be back after a short break. Dr. Marcus Bachman is my guest. You can learn more about him at counselingcare.us and his amazing staff. It's always a good time to show Christ's love to a hurting world through acts of kindness. So you can join our Kindness Always initiative at MyFaithRadio.com. We will take a short break and be back with more in just a minute. 
are listening to an encore presentation of Afternoons with Bill Arnold, Faith, Hope, and Clarity, in a special repeat performance. Dr. Marcus Bachman's my guest. We're continuing our mental health week. We did last week. We're adding it one more day this week, and then we're going to move on. But it's been a really an interesting journey through some of the topics uh, concerning mental health, and so many of you texted questions and made comments, and I just wanted to try to do a little bit of, of repair work towards the end of the week, and I thought, well, Marcus can pretty much handle any question, and if you have a concern, and maybe it was even something you heard last week, um, and it triggered something about your life, and you'd like to ask uh, Marcus, you can do it, 877 933 Marcus, here's a dear listener that wants to be more effective in helping the homeless community who have endured trauma. How do you help the homeless community who have endured trauma? That's Well, first of all, that's very true that many of the homeless um, have mental health issues. Uh, there's mental illness and there's uh, the uh, unfortunate experiences of having trauma. Uh, because most likely... Um, in the way that our system is set up, uh, homeless are not going to be seeing a counselor. I think there is a, um, a, well, there's value in being careful not to bring up uh, the experiences of trauma unless that person just volunteers on their own. And in that case, then a listening ear, uh, a sense that I'm here with you, I care, I'm sorry that that happened to you, and um, uh, and and it's just not a throwaway s- statement uh, because when we say I'll pray for you, I would suggest that that person right then and there prays mm. and uh, give me your name and John, I, I, I let's pray together. Would that be all right? And and the prayer is as simple as, Lord Jesus, I bring John before you, and he has. Uh, hurt and i know lord jesus that you are healer and i pray for your way in his life so that he will sense your presence know that you love him i pray father that you would encourage him this day with hope in jesus name amen it's as simple as that to minister to the needs of someone um who you are not going to be the professional with who will probably never have the opportunity to speak to a professional, but to know that there's a loving, caring person that responded when they brought up um, a trauma event. You're showing that you will be present with them in the moment. Yes. Uh, To me, that's a lovely, loving gesture. Yeah. And if they're okay with a touch, um, let that also be, uh, because so many times homeless uh, individuals are, are comforted with the touch. Some are not, so we need to be careful. Um, yes, all of that put together. Mm-hmm. Had a comment of a listener whose husband went into the hospital and died after three weeks, and I had trouble having access to him in those three weeks. Probably was in the middle of some of the COVID problems, mm. and. The experience triggered some childhood trauma from a sibling um, beating 
her for 11 years with emotional abuse and and she feels stuck and wants to get unstuck. Uh, God well, bless uh, you. Yeah. Well, obviously one. that is significant, yeah. very significant. And it is it is very interesting how uh we can hold in a trauma and all of a sudden it comes to the surface. It comes to the surface in a, in a sense of something has jarred it with another trauma. That is very common, and uh, I think it is for the sake of healing uh, a necessity for us to recognize. I need I need some help with that. I need uh, Lord. I'm asking you to uh, direct me to give me guidance. I need to um, seek out your way that you desire for me to be healed. And um, it, it may start with just sharing that with a friend, a confident friend. I think we have to also be very careful of who we share our, our traumas with. Not that it's just um, uh, about a trained professional. It has to do with, well, that person that I'm sharing this trauma with, keep it yeah. to themselves. It. We live in a world, um, and it's a sin nature world, where uh, I got some juicy information to share mm-hmm. with you. Did you know that so-and-so was um, sexually abused by their, their father or whatever? I mean, mm-hmm. that's kind of uh, tantalizing, juicy information. So we have to be really careful. Is this person going to keep it to themselves? Will they... Uh, respond in a caring, loving, informative way and um, encouraging me to get the help that I need. That would be a great first step um, even before seeing a professional counselor. Mm -hmm. So what if you don't have that confident person in your life, which would be yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I would turn it around. Uh, Bill, I'm going to just uh, kind of uh, push back on that, and I would ask the question, why don't you? What What has gone on in your life that you haven't developed a community, uh, a friendship with others? What is it that has held you back that you don't have that safety net around you? I think we're responsible for having that safety net around you. Y- yes, I can answer the question, what if you don't? Yeah. But I would also ask, ask first a question, what, why is that in your life? Why Have you not joined a church? Have yeah. you not become involved with a uh, support group within the church? Uh, have you not enlisted in a community group, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? Because there are people available and interested in becoming involved in your life. Mm-hmm. And so, okay, I would ask that first. And if if that's not the case for right now, then then I would uh, I would seek out a uh, professional counselor to uh, be able to express in confidence mm-hmm. my my trauma that I've experienced. How about I've got a strained relationship with my family, and I've had uh, four jobs in three different cities. Uh so yes, that would be. I, I, I'm a seeker of truth, yeah. and I believe that that is very important. Why do I have strained relationships? 
I get I'm that. Not, I'm not turning it around no, and saying it's their fault or, you know, buck up and what's wrong with you. But I would definitely want to know the dynamics of that. And I would want to explore that and understand that for what that is. And um, I'm sorry, loss of three jobs or change? No, no, no. no I'm, just, I'm just creating a scenario, a, yep. a fictitious scenario where maybe you've had four jobs in three different cities where you worked f- uh, for a job in a city, then you moved to take another job, so you're in a new city, and it's hard to make friends. It is hard to make yeah. friends. There's no question about it. But I will say this, is it a priority? Have you uh, pursued? Uh, <laughs> my my daughter lived uh, in another state, and her older brother, uh, after living in that state, said to her, um, you know, do you have friends? And she said, no, I'm just new. I don't know anybody in this, uh, this, as I think at the time she said, God forsaken state of Michigan. Uh, so, uh, you know, her brother said, you know what? There are, uh, there are, uh, apps and, uh, groups that you can Google in your state and ask for, um, new friendships, Christian friendships. Mm-hmm. And I thought. Is there really such a thing? She did it. She found some people. She pursued, and she actually was able to find um, some friendships. Mm-hmm. There are ways, and I think the church, of all places, I think typically does a very good job of opening up its doors, creating a community, a safety net. Uh, doesn't always work. It can have some some horror stories like everything else in life. But overall, I think the church does a tremendously good job mm-hmm. at creating an atmosphere, an opportunity for friendships. And, and Marcus, have you heard this before where a person will come in and say, I thought I was um, confiding in someone I could trust. And they turned around and said, we really need to pray for Lorraine because she's had this happen to her and it's almost a way of, of sharing some confident information under the umbrella of let's pray for her. Exactly. And I, and I would challenge, um, when this, this rarely will happen, but I would just still challenge it. If someone had the guts to say, uh, have you been given permission to share that information about Lorraine? I love that. I, I, I so rarely hear that because we just assume that that person, you know, is doing the Christianese thing, uh, where really what's happening is is it's a it's a form of gossip, mm. and um, I I I think that we we can challenge that, um, and 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 ask the person that we're sharing this with. Yeah. Now, and, and I would be as open as this, and I would just say, I'm vulnerable in this area. Mm-hmm. This is an area that is. Um, is pretty intimately sacred for me to share. And I'm choosing to share it with you, but I, I do need to ask you, will you keep this in confidence? Mm. Will you hold this and 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 treat it as sacred material? I like that. Uh, I think there's there there's a, a freedom. Why why wouldn't we mm-hmm. make sure, check that out? Because what we're sharing has value and is important. Mm. I think there's a, there's a responsibility in, in, in before. Uh, you don't have to have a signed contract. 
Although now I'm thinking maybe you should try that. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. I think you at least can verbalize Mm -hmm. the necessity to keep this in confidence. I think in the past when I've heard something that has sound mildly gossipy, I will sometimes say, can I quote you on that? Uh, and that makes them backpedal pretty quickly. It, I, don't know, I don't want you to quote me on that. I just thought maybe I'd share that with you. <laughs> you know, and why is it that people enjoy that? I, 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 I just think that there is a this desire. It's it's kind of like, you know, People Magazine. We just, you know, kind of have this, you know, give me the dirt. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and in Christian circles, we do it in a different way. You know, we just say, yeah. Yeah, let's let's pray about so and so and 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 what they're you know yeah. battling. Uh, I, be careful and respectful. Absolutely. Yep. What and and really, it has to do then with you know I honor you. I will I will I will honor who you are, and what you've shared with me. I mean, as counselors, we of course get this. We don't get a chance to share dirty laundry at, at the dinner table when we come home. We never would do that. We don't even get to share this with our wives. We can share generalities. I had a hard day. I had a hard day. Today was had some some difficulty with people um, battling depression and battling suicidal ideation. No names, no no stories, and and so we have to be really careful mm-hmm. uh, uh, in 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 our own field with that. Mm-hmm. And and there's there there's um, there's ways that people can choose. Um, there's certain criteria that is really important when you're choosing a counselor. You're you're the consumer. You're the customer, and so you need to ask some direct questions before you just make that phone call, walk into a counselor's office. You need to make sure you're getting quality, uh, professional, in the field, a right fit, Christian, and what does that mean, and how are you going to do that within the Christian counseling um, session? Uh, you have a right to ask certain questions when you decide, yeah. I'm going to get some help. All right, we'll take a little break. Dr. Marcus Bachman is my guest. Counselingcare.us is where you can find him. If you have a question as we sort of conclude our mental health week from last week, we're going to add one more day, which is now. And if you have a question or a comment, send it over on the text line, please, 877-933-2484. to an encore presentation of Afternoons with Bill Arnold. Faith, hope, and clarity in a special repeat performance. We have certainly addressed some very challenging issues over the last week when we had Mental Health Week. We're going to wrap it up today with Dr. Marcus Bachman. He's been nice enough to handle some questions and some uh, issues that we dealt with uh, last week a little bit and uh, today as well. This one, Marcus, didn't come up, but the question is, does the diagnosis of gender dysphoria go against biblical truth of God creating us in his image, male and female? 
Well, we certainly affirm the the the, the scriptures that we are made uh, male or female, and that really does answer a tremendous amount of the confusion that's going on today. I I actually, Bill, would like to spend um, a separate and entire uh, segment, if you're open to it, about gender dysphoria and how are we to respond and how has this so rapidly um, come up in our our culture because it certainly has yeah and and i think it has so much to do with identity um and in this case i will say a lack of identity uh i think it's uh so um important that one knows um would there be confusion about one's sexual identity in in uh one's life and I think most of us would say, well, of course there's some, of course there's some. But when we're given the message that if you're not sure, and then it just grows with more confusion, I think that our culture, those that are around us, the messages that we're hearing, uh, the the clear um, uh, proposals that Disney and others are putting in front of us, in front of our children's faces, we need to be aware that there is some dangerous messages uh, that is helping to uh, cultivate the the gender dysphoria confusion. And um, uh, there's no question that God has called us into an identity spiritually of his likeness and that he has called us into the role of a man or a woman. And that needs to be clarified, encouraged, and developed in one's life. And there are many ways that that happens. Uh, so I'm probably answering the question in a roundabout way. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for answering it. Um, there was an interesting thing that happened this morning on Carmen's show and Rosie, you might know a little bit more than I do, but I think Carmen was asking about loneliness. Is mm-hmm. that right? She was, and I didn't hear the show, but I was in the production room uh, mm-hmm. talking about the response, and just um, she was just qualifying that people feel lonely. They feel lonely in relationships. They feel lonely outside of relationships. Mm-hmm. And she just asked if people who are feeling lonely would text in, and that she would send. Uh, four scripture verses that God had given her plus four songs and the text line went crazy. So they were just shocked at the response of uh, the heart call of loneliness. Well, good for her to offer that. And uh, what a feedback that there is. Uh, We do live in a world right now that uh, less and less um, we have seen people coming back to church Mm-hmm. We have seen a sense of community evaporating. Um, I I think that COVID has done uh, a terrible job on uh, the increase of people feeling lonely. And then once they've been away, they often don't know how to reconnect again. Mm. Uh, they may be afraid. They may just be used to this and it becomes their life. And when they're asked the question, are you lonely? Oh, Yeah the phone lines will light up mm-hmm. the 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 desire to have some hope given the desire for uh, an understanding there there truly is an answer and jesus 
carefully and sensitively, lovingly reaches in our loneliness, in our darkest place, and speaks in a way that says, your mind. I love the concept that we are sheep and he's our shepherd. Mm -hmm. He's our loving father. And if we can understand that and receive that and read that and hear that from uh, a, a good song, a good message, then we're on our way. Um, and if we have someone who is willing to talk on the phone and walk beside us and talk to us and hear us, and the person says, tell me more, mm-hmm. yeah. I think we're on the way mm-hmm. of ridding this this concept of loneliness. Very well said, Marcus. Thank you for that. And I agree with everything you said. And I also would suggest that at the at the core of of some issues will be loneliness. There will be people that will show up in counseling offices because they feel disconnected and lonely. Absolutely. And that's going to produce other problems that might not be there if there was more connection and love and acceptance and listening ears and maybe arms around you once in a while and um i i i i don't know that i should professionally say this but i will say this truth and that is sometimes i'm paid bill to be a good friend i can i can understand that and and it doesn't matter if it's cash basis people will pay a high a high rate for just being able to come in and say, you know, Marcus, I have nobody else. Mm, well, and, so and, and I challenge that. Uh-huh. I challenge that because, again, they have some responsibility of developing it. Mm-hmm. But there there can be especially um, executives um, or people that own their own company and they are at the top of that you know, um, situation. And they don't know who to trust. And especially if they have a lot of money, they don't know, are they, is this person interested in pursuing a relationship with me because I have money? Um, there is a lot of uh, difficulty in in finding someone who would be their friend. And they are, I, I have certainly run across that situation where someone has, um, has, has been so uh, appreciative of, of meeting with me. Um, on that basis. Well, I think sometimes when a counselor says, I understand, uh, I think that's that's the, the steam being let out. Yes. Where people go, finally, somebody gets somebody me. gets it, yes. Yeah. And if they can explain how and why they understand, that even makes it better. You know, the, the, you know I can understand why you, that would make you feel that way yeah. because it, it would make sense to uh, feel that way. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, I just said to, to someone today... Um, it is so normal for you to have those kind of feelings. It's so normal for you to have that kind of a reaction in the situation that you're in. I could tell that that person was so feeling affirmed mm. and freedom was given so that the secret, the, the, that which they were talking about was not held, holding them in captivity. What, what good news for that friend? Mm-hmm. 
And yeah. we can, we can, Bill, we can do that for our friendships. I know we can. We 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 can do that across coffee and uh, you know uh, a good dessert and uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> Chocolate would be yeah always helpful. It always helpful. It's a very therapeutic I, I consider food. that very therapeutic. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Dark chocolate. Mm, yeah. yeah. The darker, the better. <laughs> but I know when you say I understand, that doesn't mean you're going to leave them there because the transformation requires usually more work and more effort and therapy and um, action on the part of the person yeah. seeking help. Oh, that's good, Bill, because the truth is um, just because I understand and I'm I'm present for you and tell me more, all of that has significant value. But as, as you kind of wrap up this mental health week, I think we have to be really careful of answering the so what question. So, so, so you hear me, so you understand me, so you care about me, so you love me mm-hmm. in, in the way that I need to feel appreciated and affirmed. Uh, but if I'm still in a sinful situation, if I'm still stuck with having an affair, if I'm still st- stuck with uh, and pursuing in the darkness of pornography, if I am not being... Um, kind and right with those that are in my family uh, friend circle. If I continue with 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 uh, sarcasm as my tool, wait a minute, mm. wait a minute. I, as a friend, as a counselor, will have to say to you, you you have a need to make some changes here. I care enough about you. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm concerned about you, and I'm going to challenge you. You could say it in a lot of different ways. But there needs to be a so what. Mm-hmm. And am I now moving closer to Jesus, to the principles of his word? Yeah. You have a nice touch, Dr. Marcus Bachman. Very deft. You do it well. Thank you so much for being on the show. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, thank thank, you, thank guys. you so much. That wraps up our show for the day and for the week. Thank you for supporting Faith Radio. See you next week. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.